So good morning. When an athlete injures his knee or limps from the field, few question the injury or perhaps how long it takes to heal before a safe return. Yet when an athlete steps away to address their personal mental health concerns, we often jump to all sorts of conclusions, whether right or wrong. Hello and welcome to the Youth Sports Safety Update produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine or JSMP here in Jacksonville, Florida. Today we have a special guest in the field of mental health and sports psychology. She is a seasoned sports psychologist with extensive experience at Baptist Medical Center in Jacksonville, Florida and consults with the NFL Jacksonville Jaguars. Please welcome Dr. Candice Franco. Welcome Dr. Hello. Franco. Hello, thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Share a little bit about what you do, what your specialty is, and what kind of services that you provide. Sure. So so I'm a psychologist. So I, I find it's always helpful to kind of start with what that isn't. So I'm not the kind of doctor that went to medical school and prescribes medicine. That's not the way I help. I went to school to become a doctor to help in different ways. And so I help people feel really good on the inside. My kids call me a doctor for feelings. So I got trained to help people who are doing pretty well in life, but maybe something's happening that's hard for them to deal with. And so I get to help those people maybe learn some new ways of handling what's going on so they can continue to feel like themselves and continue to have a really, really happy life. The things that I focus on specifically have more to do with what that means if you're an athlete. And so I've gotten a lot of extra training to help me learn, well, what are things that athletes need that are the same as everybody else, but also kind of different from everybody else? And interestingly, it's it's just really, really helpful to have this training in the work that I do, not only with athletes, but interestingly, it actually helps me with a lot of people. So I also get to work a lot with moms and dads who are starting families because I do a lot of maternal mental health work and I get to help them with their own kind of performance in this new special thing that they're taking on too. It's not exactly the same as like a championship game, but it certainly is something that they care a lot about. They want to do really well. at. Maybe it's the first time they're doing it as well. So I get to help people do really important, challenging things that they care about, do their best through that, and maybe even learn some new ways to accomplish their goals. Okay. So as you said, this is the game of life and it's uh, managing it and getting through it. And mental health is not necessarily a visible injury. Things like depression, anxiety are not what we see on an x-ray or an MRI. So how do we help and address uh, these situations? Well, I think it's really helpful as adults um, for us to be kind of constantly talking about how important it is that we tune into one another and notice how the other person is doing. Really important for grown-ups to also be able to communicate that they are available to talk with people if something's going on that's hard on them. So I always recommend that grownups do their part to kind of learn what they can about how to communicate to a larger group, like maybe a team or um, even an organization around the importance of tuning into one another and then really being available to just be supportive and kind to that person. I usually go a little deeper, though, and talk with people about how they can always be watching for anything that seems a little different than usual. So if we notice maybe a, a teammate or a friend is not behaving a little differently than usual, 
maybe they don't quite look the same as they normally do, or maybe they are kind of stepping back from friends, aren't really connecting in school or at practice the way they normally would. Sometimes that can be a sign that maybe they're not feeling so good on the inside. And so being able to recognize when that's happening is a really important step in helping people get what they need. So whether we're the ones that check in with someone and just ask them if they're okay, or maybe tell an adult what we're noticing, it's really important that there be sort of access to adults that can help whenever somebody needs anything that could improve the way they're feeling on the inside. Okay. I think you've addressed this, uh, but just keeping our eyes open, having an awareness of what's going around. Uh, Empathy is a big word that we've uh, probably learned to be more uh, sensitive to and develop uh, in our relationships and that. Now you deal with a lot of professional athletes. Uh, Mm -hmm. They all want to be successful. Uh, So what positive traits uh, should one develop to help them along the way to deal with their success and their failures, their injuries, their setbacks, because it's not always a, an easy road out there. It's definitely not. If, you know, the challenges are really a part of it. And we, we ought to expect those challenges to continue throughout someone's sport career. So one of the things that's really helpful for an athlete to be successful is to just be willing to notice how they're doing on the inside. So lots of times athletes are really good at recognizing what their body is saying, what their body's communicating. If something hurts, if something's tired, if maybe something needs to get a little stronger, get checked out by a doctor. We really need athletes to be just as skillful at recognizing what's happening inside with my thoughts, with my emotions. When athletes are able to recognize their mental health is just as important as their physical health, they're going to enter their career with a certain type of intelligence that helps them avoid problems and it really helps them succeed and achieve their goals. So we're seeing more and more and more in the NFL. The new players that are coming in are much more capable of doing this. So, you know, what we're doing to communicate with kids, with teens, with young adults that mental health is a part of this. And it's great to know that and take care of that part of ourselves. What we're doing is working and it's really helping those professional athletes entering their career. It's really helping them have the kind of long career that they're going to want to have after all this hard work. Exactly. Because strength training is important, nutrition, uh, flexibility, but they've got to address the mental health. And what you're saying is that they're much more attuned to that, or they have to learn new skills of how to be more attuned mm-hmm. to that. So athletes and all of us have all kinds of voices uh, in our ears. And that's not a strange thing. That's just, we're hearing things, whether sure. it's the fear of failure. Uh, we have unexpected success. I didn't, I know I was going to be this good this soon. Uh, yet I still got a long way to go. Or they're getting it from their family, your parents wanting to live out sports uh, through their through their kids. Uh, they're getting it from their friends. They're getting it from their coaches, teammates, uh, what I call uh, other people that are hangers on that want to be mm-hmm. around you just because you're successful. So what, what are some uh, skills or techniques that people can do to filter these things, whether positive or negative, uh, in a constructive manner to be uh, highly successful? Right. And so I think this is, again, where it's so important for a young athlete 
to be able to recognize sort of who are the people I can look to for guidance, right? And so as the adults in their world, we want to be the ones speaking to how um, there are certain values that we'll practice every single day, values around things like hard work, values around things like wellness, values around things like teamwork. And so when we can continue to provide a lot of great conversation around that, we give kids the opportunity to recognize us as the guides that we are, and we can work with them to help them filter a lot of that. What kids can be thinking about all the time is, is this helping me sort of stick to my plan of practicing and growing Or is this maybe taking my mind in another direction where I'm not thinking about those things that are so much more important to me? But yeah, what I'm doing is I'm answering is really trying to take a lot of the stuff that's really kind of meant for adults and trying to bring it because you're saying that this is kids listening. Okay, so so what's the biggest difference do you see between men and women in their mental health? How do they address it and um, what are their coping skills? Maybe they try and um, cover it up or address it. Right. And so, again, if we think about men and women as kind of two big groups, we're going to talk about things that have some truth behind them, but then, of course, could be really different from one person to the next. So if we think about that in a really zoomed out way, we know we see some trends for women that are different than there are for men. So women tend to kind of maybe blame themselves a little bit when something's going on and maybe got to turn on themselves a little bit, respond with a lot of self-criticism. Men tend to do something a little different. They might have some of that happening, but they're actually expressing something else. Lots of times men are more likely to express anger and kind of lash out or reach out to other people in a way that can, can be not helpful to anyone. So those are some general frameworks, but if we if we look underneath it, what are some messages that are driving a lot of that? And a lot of messages that girls are receiving are about, you know, appearance and getting approval of others. And that can really create some problems for how much a girl turning into a woman, how much she really values herself and kind of what she's expecting of herself, maybe looking too often to other people to communicate that to her. Boys, I think, are really struggling with lots of messages about how, you know, we, you know, growing into a man means you're not really feeling emotion. You're not really acting on that. There's a lot of praise for toughness and dominance. And unfortunately, that leaves boys with the impression that whatever they're feeling on the inside, they better keep it on the inside because other people are going to judge them really harshly. So we want to do what we can to be watching for how those messages they're getting soaked up by kids to some degree, certainly some more than others. And we want to get in there and we want to try to offer what we can to be helping boys and girls managing their ideas about who they are, their ideas about hand, how to handle emotions in a way that's actually sort of better grounded in reality that we've all got this emotion. We've all got worse. We've all got different ways of feeling good about ourselves. So hopefully we can keep moving the conversation in that way so that as we talk about these patterns that we're seeing with men and women, we're seeing that shift in a way that's just becoming increasingly positive. That's very good. I'm going to uh, shift something we didn't we didn't address earlier, but uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day about storms, you know, and storms are going to come up in people's lives. 
Storms can be good. Storms are necessary. They bring wind, they bring rain, they bring changes um, on the beach. They shift the sands, but there are things that are above the sea level that we see. And then there are things that happen below the sandbars, the shift of sands underneath. So these, these um, things that we have to navigate are deeper than just the water level and in our life. And sometimes these changes can be good. Sometimes they can be challenging, but they're there for a reason to help us along there and how we navigate and manage these storms in life uh, are going to help us to come out better on the other side. So um, I don't know if you have a comment about that. Uh, yeah. You know, you're reminding me of a certain idea that I use in my work one-on-one with people and as well as with teams. I talk with people about how we all have kind of a playbook for life, right? And some of us are born with a playbook that, you know, we might use a humor a little bit more. We might use seriousness a little bit more. Each of our playbooks is just a little different. And as we go through life, we're going to experience things that are meant to challenge us. That's life. Nobody comes into the world with a really thick, fully fully comprehensive playbook. And so as we're experiencing things, sometimes it doesn't feel so good when we realize, ooh, the play that I had didn't work that well right? Or, oh, I don't really know what to do here. That's an important emotional signal or important kind of anxiety that people can experience. It's helpful to recognize that because all we need to do is pick up a couple more plays. And odds are we're going to expand those skills and even use them in new ways later on down the line that we can't really forecast. So yeah, I would echo exactly what you're saying. Just trying to pinpoint that's supposed to happen. We're supposed to come across things in life we're not sure what to do with. We just need to be okay with asking for some ideas from other people. Exactly. We're so statistic oriented, but you look at the good basketball players, they may only make a third of their shots. The good baseball player may only make a third hit the ball a third at the time, you know, and in same way in completion rates and things like that. So it's uh, life's going to be tough. Uh, Some of those playbooks are are blank pages that are yet to be filled in. And uh, it's not always a, 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 a perfectly designed script of life, you know, that we'll face in that. So, so that's, uh, it moves us into another thing where we're kind of living in an age of what I call entitlement. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was the there was the age of enlightenment. Now there's the age of entitlement. And uh, in sports where social media, the me generation, which is really all of us, uh, is the focus. And how does this influence mental health? Or is this just a, a toxic uh, negative type thing that's, that's hit us? Well, first of all, the research is pretty clear that people who tend to spend a lot more time on social media tend to suffer more in mental health. They tend to struggle more with low mood. They tend to struggle more with anxiety. So we know that that's something to be limiting. How how much of that are we doing? But your question is really more about how is it impacting the way a person is seeing themselves, right? And one of the things I think is really important to keep eyes on is how social media and this kind of me culture really distorts our connection to reality, right? And, and one of the ways it can do that that's particularly risky for athletes is it distorts where I fit in the big picture. And so if I'm not clear on that, I may not work as hard as I need to, right? I may miss opportunities to grow. I may miss opportunities to add to my playbook. I work with, um, you know, I've worked with coaches at every level and a running theme in all that work is how coaches 
really struggle with athletes that are not coachable. Right. And so if we think about how does this focus on me and what I need and how capable I already am, that can really it can impact how a player is connecting with their coach and how they're allowing a coach to help them grow. Right. It can really make that harder for a coach to manage. Exactly. So how, how does a coach um, determine or see into the future that this athlete's going to be coachable or at least manageable so that uh, they will listen and uh, they will make the, the positive changes they need to make and uh, with, with situations like that? Well, I think it's important to remember that no young athlete is a fully baked cookie. Right. They're, they're all going to shift and grow and move and change in life. And so it is a difficult thing to forecast because none of us can see, you know, what are some life events that could really shift this person's growth and development. So I think there's always going to be error anytime we're trying to project forward in that way. It is reasonable, though, to step back and think about what are the influences here? You know, are there influences in, in, in this athlete's life where there are people who are grounding them, right? There are people discussing values. There are people who are able to help an athlete use the resources they've got to the best of their ability. Those tend to be pretty good predictors that a person's going to adopt some skills that'll help them later on. Uh, there's a term that's used in sports sometimes called soft that athlete is soft. He plays soft. He acts soft. And this can be construed as a negative and it feeds into one's mental health and their state of being. You have some strategies that uh, anyone can take that who may fear opening up about their issues or feelings. Right. So again, I would really put the onus on kind of the, the adults, the leaders in the situation to be creating a culture where that is something that's safe. However, even if we try our best to do that, we know that the athletes are going to be vetting who can I go to and who not. Right. And so, again, taking your time and looking for the person who walks the talk, they say that they want to be available and supportive. And then they actually do that. Right. You hear from teammates and who, who did you go? This is what I got going on. Who did you go to? And that sort of credibility really helps somebody know who to go to. But the odds that there's an organization with zero people capable of offering support to a player when they're struggling with some kind of personal issue, those are pretty low odds. We just need to figure out how do we navigate that system. And then those of us working in that system, we need to do what we can to showcase that as clearly as possible so the athlete's not spending a ton of time figuring that out. Exactly. As athletic trainers, we face that at times. Uh, we get, oh, don't go see the athletic trainer. You know, he's going to hold you out or whatever. And I like to tell kids, I'm not there to, to pull you out. Right. I'm there to help protect you and, and help you to be safe. And as soon as you're in a safe space, I'm going to get you back out there as quick as possible and as protected as, as necessary. And so there's a there's a level of trust that always has yeah. to be built. And you have to educate the, the kids around the kids and the coaches around the kids, because sometimes they determine their response based upon their past experience. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so you know, sometimes we can be the bad guy or be perceived as a bad guy, but ultimately we're there to help you and uh, to, to make life better for you and to extend your career uh, in, a, in a very positive way. So 
it's and and we're there to to oftentimes the athletic training room is seen as a safe space where they can come and get away from the pressures of things and just have conversations with people and with the athletic trainer. So it's very important. The athletic trainer is aware of that and, and plays a critical role in that. Um, not to be the mama and daddy, but just to be there and listen, you know, to right. listen and it's, it's safe to be here. And that one, one thing I would add to that, if I can, sure. is I think it's really helpful for young athletes to understand that everybody in their system from, from coach to trainer, and parent, we all need to be moving in a way where small problems stay small problems. So if you bring an issue to a trainer and the trainer says, hey, we need to sit this one out. That's because that trainer, again, and as you said, wants to protect you. But a lot of times, you know, kids or young athletes are, are thinking the way they ought to think at that age. And they're forgetting the part where they've got a responsibility to notice a problem and make sure it doesn't get worse. Right. And mm -hmm. so they don't have to know exactly how to solve that. They just need to be able to bring it to somebody who does. Yeah. Well, let's don't turn a minor ankle sprain into right. a major ankle sprain and a, a ligament tear and things right. like that. So it's, it's learning, it's being okay, at least to provide the space to ask the question, be willing to ask the question and know that it's okay and uh, you're not going to be judged by it and you're going to be get the help that you need sure. with that too. So is there anything an athlete uh, can do better? You may have already addressed this, but just to better express themselves. Some people act out, some people, hey doc, I got a problem, you know, and that. So is there, how do you create that space where an athlete can express themselves in, in any manner. And so I think it's really helpful to teach athletes and for any athlete listening to think about, you know, what are some other things I can be doing in my life? Certainly, you know, sport is huge and all the work that goes into that and, and school, those things are so crucial to, you know, goals later in life. However, it's also really important that there be other ways of kind of knowing who you are trying some other stuff to help mood and help stress. So I always encourage people to take a look at, well, what are some other ways you can, you can enjoy your time? Maybe it's trying something new. Maybe it's just spending time with friends, but I think it's really important that kids, young athletes in particular have space to just be their age and decompress. So those are things that I always encourage, including more specifically are there ways you could give back? Are there ways you could help your school? Are there ways you could help another group of athletes? Is there something in particular that's really meaningful for you? And maybe doing some volunteering around that. So these are things that tend to help people stay pretty resilient to problems. And then if there's ever any shift in kind of how they're experiencing those things, that's yet another sign. Oh, I, I need to talk to a grown-up about what's going on. Okay. That, that led me right into my next question. You addressed it very well. Just many ways to improve our own mental health, volunteering, doing community service, uh, spending time with other kids um, as a professional or a college athlete, spending time with kids and parents and helping them to uh, just to have fun uh, with their sports and things like that. So we're speaking today with Dr. Candace Franco, the team psychologist uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Baptist Medical Center. So, Dr. Franco, any any thoughts you'd like to uh, to close with or any final insights you'd like to provide? Well, I think it's really important for 
um, you know, adults who are tuning in to recognize that, you know, it, it really, it really starts with you. And so you know, think about, you know, you get on an airplane and they say, secure your mask before your child's right. Those of us in positions to guide people who are younger than us, whether we're parents, whether we're coaches, whether we're trainers or psychologists, we really need to be thinking about how am I doing? And if you can tune into how you're doing and care for your own mental health, you're going to be able to impact people around you indirectly in more than one really helpful way. First, it's great modeling, right? We're modeling for younger people what we want them to do for themselves when they get into adulthood. But second, it also gives us a little bit more resilience to then step into the support role when things are happening for other people. And, you know, those things don't generally tend to happen on a timeline that works great for us, right? And so we need to be able to take care of ourselves. That helps the people around us in some really important ways too. Exactly. So thank you very much, Dr. Franco, for your insights. And these are very helpful to give us a better understanding of mental health, the sports, and what we can do to assist others as well as ourselves. So we'll have some of these resources in our show notes. And particularly, uh, Wilson Children's Hospital has a program called On Our Sleeves. And this is a very helpful program to help with our mental health. There's also mental health for mental health first aid uh, where we can learn more uh, how to uh, adapt, encourage, uh, build up others. And so we hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Youth Sports Safety Update. We are dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Please share what you have learned and implement to make sports and those who participate safer. And one way is to make sure your school or sports team is safely prepared is to have a certified licensed athletic trainer present. Please subscribe to our podcast, write a review, and search our website at jaxsmp.com. And the Youth Sports Safety Update is produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program. I'm your host and producer, Jim Mackey. Please join us again soon, and thank you very, very much. Take care.